0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello everyone, this is Paul Brandon, PJ Professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the Volunteer State, and we're going to break some things down today. We're going to cover men's and women's golf tournaments. We're going to cover professional amateur, and we're going to dive into junior golf as well. We will talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. This week, I've got about six tournaments going on, plus the Pro-Am Series, so it's going to be amazing. But if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and tune in. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, And tune in. You can also find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at pbrannon21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So, PJ Tours back at it. Amazing event this weekend. John Rahm takes over the world number one at the win at the Muirfield Village. Again, we saw Bryson DeChambeau with some of his amazing antics as well. But let's keep it local. Let's stay in Tennessee. First, we're going to dive into the Match Play Championship. Now, this was held up at Lookout Mountain. Um, 64 players were selected to the pools. There were 16 pools, 4 players per pool. The way the scoring systems win is you played match play, uh, and if you won the event, uh, the first round, you... Received a point um, against players in your pool. You'd play the second round against somebody else in your pool. Again, uh, if you win, it's a point. And then you would play the third round. So everybody in their four brackets uh, would play against those. So the four players in each pool went head to head, playing three matches and scoring out. Um, coming out of pool one, we had Lee Maxwell. Defeating Jake Hall in a playoff, we also had Jacob Garland and Tom Schreiner in that de- pool. Coming out of pool two, Jaron Leisure uh, wins two and a half points over Austin Lancaster, Mark Harrell, and Antonio Fernella. Uh, coming out of pool three, Sam Lop uh, beats Carlisle Strickland in a playoff uh, over Parker Gray and Coleman Jones. Moving into pool four, um, Connor McKay, two and a half points, wins over Lucas Armstrong, Tom Lop, and Stephen Hermitsky. Moving into Pool 5, Evan Spencer and Carson Common in the playoff. Carson pulls that one out. Behind them, Winston Brown and Jacob Uline. Moving over to Pool 10, we had Cade Russell winning with three points over Jackson Singer, Michael Albanetti, and Stephen Gallier. Moving into Pool 9, we had Jake Morse win with 2.5 points over Mike and Kinsey, Jake Smith, and Lawrence Largent. Pool 8, Jesse Felker wins with 2.5 points over Rob Garland, Riley Grindstaff, and Tanner Davis. Brandon Ware with 3 points moving on over Oliver Simonson, Michael Brainerd, and David Digress. Going on to Pool 6, we had Bill Wellens with 3 points winning over William Reek, Jack Usselton and Matt Cooper. Pool 16, Lance Simpson with two and a half points, winning over Matt Mitchell, Ramsey Kimbrough, and Trent Mansfield. Winning in a playoff in Pool 15, Steve Johnson over Wilbrox with two points, and then we had Dabney Dickinson and Adam Murphy coming in behind that. Pool 14, Philip Lee with three points over Ron Henze, Matt. Matthew Copeland and Davis Irving. Pool 13, Cade Purrier 2.5 points over Chase Taylor, Todd Bergen, and Trey Tobias. Pool 12, coming out, Michael Shears, 3 points over Ricky Honeycutt, Scotty Hudson, and Aaron Ingalls. Pool 11, Tim Jackson in a four-hole playoff over Gabe Hunter with two points, and Brad Burling, and Hayden Hunican coming in there. So, putting our final 16 into the match play, we had Lee Maxwell versus Jason Leisure. Sam or er, playing against Connor McKay, Carson Common against Bill Wellens, Brandon Weir against Jesse Felker, Jack Morris against Cade Russell, Tim Jackson against Michael Shears, Cade Prior against Philip Lee, Steve Johnson versus Lance Simpson. Moving on for those were Jared Leisure against going into Connor McKay. Then you had Carson Common against Brandon Weir, Cade Russell against Michael Shears, Philip Lee against Steve Johnson. Moving on to the next one. Connor McKay wins, playing against Brandon Weir in the next round. Then you had Russell Cade. Cade Russell winning over Shears to go on against Steve Johnson. Winning from that group you had in your semifinals was Connor McKay over Steve Johnson. And Connor wins the Tennessee Match Play Championship. So 64 dwindling down to 1. So, moving over to the Tennessee Four Ball Championship. So, here we have two players on a team playing a best ball format against another team in match play advancing. Uh, Sandlowski and Owens uh, against Priscilla and Chambers. Uh, Chambers and Priscilla winning that one. We have uh, Story and Wolf against Garland and Garland. Story and Wolf advancing from there. Tabor and Smith against. Webb and Andrews, Tabard and Smith advancing. We had McKay and Gold against McKnight and Simpson. McKay and Gold advancing. Nairmore and Rindy against Britt and Kinsey with Rindy and Nairmore advancing. Hedrick and Fornell against Maxwell and Korth with Hedrick and Fornell advancing. Johnson and Hall against Miller and Irving with Hall Johnson and Hall winning. Smith and Garrison against Provo and Lanning with Smith and Garrison advancing. Copeland and Weir against Russell and Simonson with Russell and Simonson advancing. Todd and Wellens against Largett and Ray with Largett and Ray advancing. Pullman and Spence against Holman and Wood with Pullman and Spence advancing. Tobias and Reck against Rimmer and Morrell with Rimmer and Morrell advancing. Clark and Shore against Jackson and Smith with Jackson and Smith advancing. Hemsky and Bernard against Keen and Samuels with Keen and Samuels advancing. Thomas and Thomas against Parrish and Ward with Parrish and Ward advancing. Judy and South against Lane and Goings with Judy and South advancing. Moving into the round of 16, we had Basilo and Chambers against Story and Wolf, Basilo and Chambers advancing. Tabor and Smith against McKay and Gold with Tabor and Smith advancing. Nairmore and Rindy against Hedrick and Fennell with Hedrick and Fennell advancing. Johnson and Hall against Smith and Garrison with Johnson and Hall advancing. Roswell and Simonson against Largett and Ray with Roswell and Simonson advancing. Pullman and Spence against Rimmer and Morell, with Rimmer and Morell advancing. Jackson and Smith against Keenan and Sammels with Jackson and Smith advancing. Parrish and Ward against Judy and South with Parrish and Ward advancing, moving our way into the top eight. Basil and Chambers against Tabor, Tabor and Smith with Tabor and Smith advancing. Hedrick and Fenella, Johnson and Hall with Johnson and Hall advancing. Roswell and Simonson against Rimmer and Morrell with Rimmer and Morrell advancing. Jackson and Smith against Parrish and Ward with Jackson and Smith advancing. Now moving our way to our semifinals. We have Tabor and Smith against Johnson and Hall, with Johnson and Hall advancing. We have Rimmer Morrell against Jackson and Smith advancing. So, in the finals, we have Craig Smith and Tim Jackson against Jake Hall and Tyler Johnson. Uh, Tim and Craig go on to win this. Now, what's absolutely amazing is this gives Tim Jackson his 24th state title. State Ams, State Opens, Mid Ams, four balls across the board. Um, Tim's an amazing player, um, so congratulations on that. Jake and Tyler, University of Tennessee teammates, held on strong. Young guys, almost got it, Dom, but got it done. But the veterans coming in strong with the win, going two and one. So again, congratulations, Craig and Tim, on that title. Moving over to women's golf, finally getting a report about the ladies playing a little bit. The Tennessee Women's Senior and Mid-Am Championships were contested at Richland Country Club. Um, Starting with the Senior Amateur, in the first flight, Sarah Ingram wins with a two-day total of 147, three over. Um, Congratulations to that for your overall championship. Moving on to the second flight. Uh, we had Angel Cropper uh, winning the second flight there. With moving on to the third flight, Pam Presnell winning. So congrats to Ingram Cropper and Presnell winning their divisions and flights. Moving over to the mid am, congratulations to Jesse Lawlin Lolly shooting even par for two days. Again, great scoring there. Moving over to the women's senior in the super senior division congratulations to Darlene Wayak winning her division first flight Barbara Seamwell winning the second flight as well so congratulations lady there was over 80 ladies teed it up this week playing in their respective age divisions and flights. so great job getting out there representing uh, whether it wasn't too hot for uh, I hope but uh, Richland Country Club always an amazing test Going back over to the men's side in the Tennessee P.J., the Take Charge Pro-Am at the Country Club in Morristown. Uh, It is a one-professional, three-scratch-am event. They had 24 teams teed up, 96 players for the event. Congratulations to Kendall Moore's team of Patterson, Crawford, and Smith shooting 25 under for the two-day event. Uh, Chris Stacy, Reznor, Gain, Burling coming in second at 24 under. Casey Flanagan, Mays, Poe, Rice coming in at 22. And then five teams tied for fourth at 20 under. So great playing there. Going over to the professional side. Casey Flanagan shooting six under for the two day total, winning that over Braxton Hunter shooting four under. Uh, Jake Reeves, Adam Forge, Kendall Moore, and Chris Stacy. All shooting one under, tying for third. Moving over to the senior division, Bill Breen wins yet another event. Eight under for the two day total. Great job there, Bill. Audie Johnson coming in second, seven under. And Audie actually did hit a hole in one on the second day, so made a great rally just to come up a shot short. But good play in there, AJ. And then our friend Jared Melson, who's been on the show shooting four under, coming in third. Going over to the scratch am side, Andy Stout shooting five-under for two days. Tied for second was Lawrence Largent, Bo Andrews, and Lucas Tabor all shooting four-under. Going into the senior scratch am, Steve Garner shooting three-under. Rick Mays shooting one-under, and Michael Potts shooting even, so good job out there. Country Club is always a test. Uh, The... I always jokingly say that the ninth hole is a drivable par 4, but it's actually a 230-yard par 3. So you catch it a little into the wind, you can definitely be hitting some kind of knockdown driver into that one. Now, going into the Pro-Am Series. This week at North Creek in Memphis, Chase Harris shoots 63. Mickey Barker comes in second at 65. Matt Brock shooting 66 for a third place, and Brian Wood coming in at 67. In fourth, going over to Knoxville at Oak Ridge Country Club, Walt Chapman shoots 68 to win. Miss Allie Knight, who's also been on the show, shoots a nice little 70 to come in second. And then James Chapman shoots 72 to come in third. Going over to the Tri-Cities, our friend from the show, Chris Wood, shooting 62. I believe that's his new career low. I'll have to go back and look at the show that we did last time. But awesome playing there, Chris. Dylan Jones coming in, shooting 64. Moving into Nashville at Greystone, Steve Munson shoots 66, taking home the win. Randy Hilton comes in second at 69. And then Lauren Personette, Brian Combuth, and Zach Smith tying for third, shooting 72. We also had the Tournament of Champions being played on the SNEDS Tour. I had 80 players tee it up up at the Golf Club of Tennessee. Again, you can check all that out at snedstour.org. You can find the Pro-Am Series all at tennesseegolf.com. You'll find all your Tennessee Golf Association men's, women, and Tennessee PGA events on there as well. So, jump on there, check out, find you some tournaments to play in, and see what you can get involved into this year. Next week on the Tennessee PGA side, you're going to have the Tootsie's Harold Elderwood Pro Am held at Old. Country Club, always an amazing event there. Um, we also have the Pro Official moving on way into the Tennessee PGA Championship um, at Vanderbilt Legends Club in August. So a lot of good golf coming up. Hopefully get some of these people on the show and talk to them. So now going to the listener's question. This one comes in from Joe asking about the out-of-bounds ruling that Bryson got at the Memorial. So, first of all, Joe, let's talk about this one. I know we're going to kind of break it down and see what happened. Uh, But the key terminology that we need to look at is how it's defined. So the boundary edge should be defined by boundary objects or lines. If it's a boundary object, when defined by stakes or a fence, the boundary edge is defined by the line between the coarse side point of the stakes or fence post at ground level and those stakes or fence posts are out of bounds. So we're defining by the inside line of the post or the stakes. When it's defined by lines, it's the painted on the ground. The boundary edge is the course side edge of the line. So if the ball is touching the line but touching the course, it's in bounds. If the ball is touching the line but not the course, it is out of bounds. So that is going to play key into what happened. So at the memorial, what happened is Bryson steps up on the tee shot, blows it out to the right side into a pillage area, which he takes his drop. From there, he hits his three wood up out of bounds. He takes an additional drop. Now he's hitting his fifth shot. This one goes out to the right as well. Takes drop, knocks it up there. Now he goes up to verify that both golf balls are out of bounds. And the one ball had hit the cart path come to rest underneath the fence. Now, the way it was is there were the large fence posts that were metal. And then the metal connectors were recessed from those lines. And his ball came to rest completely underneath there. Now, he brought up a Mickelson ruling a couple of years back uh, where Mickelson was actually able to play a shot that was in an area where they put a temporary fence up as the out-of-bounds. But because his ball was on the inside or the course side of it, he was allowed to play the shot. So Bryson uh, calls in for a second rules official. And so, again, he explains to him the rule As defined by stake or fence, the boundary edge is defined by the line between the course side points of the stakes. So when they lined up the two fence posts, his golf ball was on the out of bounds or the non-course side of that line, putting it out of bounds. Again, it's one of those touchy ones. Um, and I know the USGA has created a local rule for that if your club has adopted it, where you can actually drop in the fairway um, for the two-stroke penalty to speed things up. But on the PGA Tour, they're not playing that local rule. So his ball was deemed out-of-bounds, actually both of them, and he proceeded to make the 10. And at that point, he was inside the cut line, uh, wound up missing the cut. Uh, again, bad breaks, a couple of bad shots, and, and you know, just overall bad break with the, the bounce. But again, that's what the rules are there for, is to protect the field. Um, make sure you're taking advantage of it knowing the definitions. So Joe, you can always go to usga.org. There are all types of little rules, quizzes, and tests on there. You can actually order a rule book from there and the definitions if you need to. So take a look at that. This question coming in from Tim about last week's runner-up at the Workday's event at Mirfield, but how does Justin Thomas hit it so far for such a small guy? And he also goes in to ask about the same thing with Rory. Um, So you've got two guys here, very similar frames, um, below that six-foot mark in in that 150-170 pound range, Um, and then you've got so many of the bombers, uh, especially with Deschambeau bulking up to over 240 pounds, but Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, our winner this is, winner at Brooks Kepka, all big guys. 6'2, 6'3, 6'4", all 220 plus can absolutely murder and hammer it. Yet, Rory tends to be one of the longest drivers out there, as well as Justin, who's even a little bit smaller than Rory and what Justin does so well Tim, um, in his swing is he uses the ground forces as you hear so many people talk about and all that means is he turns his hips and straightens his legs through the moment of impact to give him an added lever off the ground um, if you watch the LPJ tour, uh, Lexi Thompson does the exact same thing. I use both Justin and Lexi uh, in my lessons to kind of show students how this is happening. But as they come down through impact, they start to push their hips up. They lose all the flex in the knees um, that they had at their dress position. So on the way down, they return to that flexed knee. They start to I hate to say stand up, but they straighten their knees, causing themselves to become taller, giving themselves more room to swing around the body. Um, so if you start want a really good drill to kind of help you with this, Tim, um, is just take the club back to about waist high. Um, and I tell a lot of my students to actually tee the ball up with an iron while doing this so you can feel that sensation. Um, but tee the ball up about an inch or so. And just practice with the club resting on the ground, take it back, and then as you swing through, you want to try and straighten both knees and fall through to waist high and practice picking that ball off the tee. Um, This is a great way to learn how to use your legs to drive that body through and pick up some more speed and distance. Well, everybody, we had a lot of tournament coverage this week. Um, Thank you for the... Golf House of Tennessee for providing with all the results as we go into each week that I turn this out. Um, Thanks for the viewers or the listeners coming in with the questions, kind of keeping us talking. Um, Getting a lot of good golf coming up. Weather's uh, turning nicely. If you've got the Bermuda Greens, they've all just been airfied. Sand should be off them, so they're going to be lightning quick. Um, If you're on the Bent Greens, they're a tad bit slower, um, but they're looking so good and healthy and the golf ball stops and spins so well. So, get out there, play in golf. I actually got two rounds in this week, so I'm already happy. Um, tell me how your rounds are going, and if you have any questions, keep them coming in. So thank you for listening to Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Lunar, TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You also keep firing those questions to me on Instagram at pbrandon 21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. Oh, last one from the listeners. Somebody asked me where the quick golf pro came from or the QIC. And the QIC is just a bad way to spell Quick. Um, my tempo has always been fast. I've been a, a, a Nick Price, Jose Maria Lothabo slasher um, throughout the year, so I always have a very f- quick tempo, so the nickname stuck. Um, and you're always trying to figure out how to make a nickname into three letters uh, just so it's easier to stamp on the golf ball. <laughs> so that's where the quick came from, just from my tempo. Um, so, again, just glad to answer those questions. Tommy, thank you for that one. And everybody, have a great week.